podcast name played nobody bill house hotel life yeah i think this i'm allowed to talk about sports writer travel uh in the instance that i know that's you know we're for you know it it sounds uh go right ahead it's, it's it's a it's a predictable thing to do it's been done all that but I will say this is exceptional, at least for me. Uh, in the last eight days, I've had two flights canceled, and I've had a connection missed because of – so the first one was canceled because of ice. Then I was had a flight that was late and missed a connection because of rain. Uh, and this morning, I am stuck in Washington, D.C. because the most the, – the windiest conditions in, since Hurricane Sandy, apparently, uh, blew through this morning when I had a flight. So right now – I am in D.C. till tomorrow. It's still going to be windy as hell tomorrow. Uh, so I, I might just be in D.C. period now with like the, the five outfits that I or four outfits that I have with me. And I'll just start, you know, washing them every four days and, and just living here. All right. The reason you were on the road was mainly for the yes. conference. All right. This is your this is your Super Bowl every year. We talked about it last year. I know we did a recap. But <laughs> what did you do for I guess if you don't know recap slow and real fast in terms of what it is. But then um, what did you do exactly this year? All right. Sloan is the uh, the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference held every year in Boston. Um, I am a college football writer who goes to Boston every winter uh, because they refuse to like align with Pepperdine or whoever and start having these uh, conferences somewhere nice. Um, it, yeah, it, it runs Friday, Saturday. Uh, it is a it, it's a trade show. I mean, that, that's that's it's a, it's a sports nerd trade show, more or less, or a sports executive trade show, maybe. Um, and you know, so it'll, it'll draw most professional teams. There are some college teams that are showing up just in case something happens. There are panels for every, for each sport. There's a lot of panels for, you know, like business and tickets and fans that I don't give two dams about, but, um, you know, there it's, it's a trade show more or less. Um, you go, you listen to some panels, you maybe get some interesting tidbits. In this case, you get to listen to Barack Obama, but don't ask me what he said because I'm not allowed. Wait, Um, back up on this because this actually became news. He came and spoke to, to, and you saw him speak. Yes. And he talked about, you can't tell us. Right. So yeah, it was, it's, um, you know, reporters were forbidden from writing about it. Basically like, you know, it's a reasonably common politician thing. Like, um, he, like he, he wasn't going to be particularly open if there were going to be, you know, lots of quotes from him, uh, or, or, and whatever. Plus I don't, I doubt that the Sloan organizers as excited as they were to get him there probably didn't want to turn this into a political rally because they would have been covered like a political rally all of a sudden. And I mean, let's face it. I mean, there were a lot of Democrats in that room, but this is an NBA school, uh, and, with a, and there were a lot of rich people there. Uh, so it's not like it was 90, 10 Democrat by any means. So, um, that was kind of the deal. He gets to speak with, he spoke with Daryl Morey and, and Jessica Gelman, the organizers of the conference, uh, and it was cool. I mean, Obama is one of the few people in the world who looks like he's falling asleep and pauses for 10 seconds between words, but you are still interested in what he's saying because he he, he measures his words pretty well. Um, and nobody wrote about I mean, I no, like everybody followed the rules. It was impressive. Yeah, I've got I mean, Washington Post here. Yeah, Obama can, critiques NCAA at MIT. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Well, that one slipped through. Um, ooh, yeah. Washington Post not going to be Obama's off-the-record session at the yeah. annual event became public when Reason published audio of his remarks, which came during a question-and-answer really? session with Houston Rockets GM Daryl Morey and Kraft Analytics Group CEO Jessica Gelman. 
During an hour-long session focused on business and leadership, Obama also described how basketball reveals character, declined to say where he would play if he were a free agent NBA superstar, and discussed how sports can mold character. And then, as it pertains to this podcast, um, he was asked what he would do if given the chance to run the NBA for a day, and that's when he took aim at the current NCAA model, which is back in the headlines due to scandal. Um, and I'll read this so you don't because you were there and that way you didn't violate anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, I can't get in trouble if Quote, I'm not saying everybody acts shocked at some kid from an extraordinarily poor circumstances who's got potentially five or ten million dollars waiting for him is going to be circled by everybody in a context in which people are making billions of dollars, Obama said. It's not good. At minimum, one way of thinking about this happens to be baseball in baseball. If you're Bryce Harper or Aaron Judge, interesting choice there, then you make that jump to the professional level. Even if you're not ready for the big leagues immediately, at least it's clear that this is going to be your profession. You start getting paid and the professional organization is on the hook and there's clarity. If you're not Bryce Harper or Aaron Judge, then you go to college and you're signing up for a certain amount of time. That won't solve all the problems, Obama said. But what it will do is reduce the hypocrisy and the likelihood of people being like Claude Rains in Casablanca. Wow, nice reference there, oh. And saying, I'm shocked that there's gambling going on in here. And then these kids who generally don't have a lot of resources are able to help their families. Uh, let's see. Uh, and the rest of it looks like it was pretty small. Um, most of Obama's sports-focused comments were less biting. Um, it's really good if you get black players in baseball, he said to laughter, or Dominican or Japanese. It turns out Billy Russell was a really good hire. I don't really know what he means there. Just talking about diversity, the the positives of diversity, especially when you're kind of almost going out of your way not to be diverse. Uh, it, it will benefit those who try to be diverse is basically the line there. Overgeneralized basketball. So it's mainly all basketball. He was a high school time. Yeah. yeah, that was the biggest part. I don't mean, he was talking to Daryl. He was talking to Daryl Morey and his favorite sports basketball. So, of course, that was going to be a big okay. part of it. Um yeah, so I guess Reason wasn't planning on going back to Sloan next year. <laughs> well, I'm curious if, if Reason got credentialed or if they just got a hold of the audio. Yeah, I mean, there's, that's what, they're not going to get credentialed now, but um, but yeah, that was the kind of. And there were other things that weren't mentioned there. That you know, bottom line is when a president or former president speaks, like every word is like a referendum at that point, and and so they're not going to speak casually uh, if if they know that every word they said is going to be you know a headline. So there were some other things in there, and uh, you can probably put two and two together if it's a conference about gathering information and the benefits of doing so. You can maybe gather where the conversation went a couple times. Um, but yeah, the sports part that, that pretty much covered the sports part of the conversation. Oh, so there's, okay. There's a, there is a lot more here. Um, not that this is a politics podcast. Now I'm, I know I'm reading oh, geez, the actual really? reason post now. Um, I'm just curious, not so much about what he said, but how they got the, how, just as a reporter, I'm always curious how they got the information. Um, reason to, okay. Yeah. They weren't there. Yeah, they weren't credentialed. Reason obtained a recording of the speech, however, and the most okay. newsworthy thing about it is the simple fact that the public wasn't supposed to hear it. I would probably agree with that. And as a reporter, if I was there, I wouldn't really give a rip about getting credentialed again, if only because someone of that stature and that importance to our culture, being the, the previous president was speaking, and then I was told not to, my first instinct is going to be to to do what I'm not told to do. So, um I think that's a pretty common thing weird? with politicians, though. Like, but, I, like I is saw, this weird uh, for Sloan? Like, to to like, I thought you were, I thought you well, nerds were going up there to talk about math. 
This is a, well, that, yeah, like in 08, that's what the conference was about, but it is a business conference. It's a, um, an, a you know, a, a much broader affair now. So it was still a, a departure. Um, but, you know, the conversation itself was, yeah, about gathering information and ways to gather information. And then he did talk about sports. So, I mean, it was loosely tied. Um, yeah, you weren't, you weren't like banned from having your laptop yeah. open or, you know, having a phone out. You weren't allowed to take pictures, but it would have been pretty easy, I think, for somebody to sneak a recording. I was impressed that nobody had. Oh, but, I mean, I'm, I, just, um, as somebody, somebody dabbles had, in this, so. I'm 90, dabbles is a light word, but like I'm 90% sure that someone just kept an iPhone on. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it would, it would, yeah. you, you could have done that. Yeah. Um, their, their threats were basically, you're, you won't be allowed to come back if you do it and we catch you. Um, but it's not like, you know, you're going to be arrested oh, if you ever okay. find out. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did think like not being able to write about it afterwards was a step further than normal, but I, I, I do think uh, like, I mean, in high school, I saw Sandra Day O'Connor speak and it was the same rules, you know, no recorders, no this, no that. And that, and that was just Sandra Day O'Connor, much less a former president. So, um, I do think that's a relatively common step there because, and again, they, they know, they know that, you know, if they're saying it, it's going to be taken as like, you know, a matter of grave importance or whatever. Um, and so they're going to be very, 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 very guarded if, uh, it's going to end up being like a, a, a headline thing. And I think we got an, a more open Obama than we would have um, with those rules. Interesting. Yeah. I totally would run that shit. Um, but then again, I've been, uh, I've been kicked out of things before. Right. And that would have right. screwed, screwed me because then I wouldn't have been able to go back. And that's why you don't take me places. Um, what else did you learn? Nothing. Um, well, okay. Ooh, so look at this big brain on bill. Well, uh, no, I mean, it's not a conference. Like the panels are, like I've said before, it's, it's, uh, a bunch of executives going up to, to make sure they don't reveal anything that they do that might give them an advantage. <laughs> right. Um, right. So it's not designed to talk for, about that exact thing. Right. Um, they talk about the benefits of analytics, but don't ask me what we do. Yeah. Um, there, so the way this is set up, yeah, the panels are are designed to not be all that revealing, and then the like the the interesting stuff comes from like there are research papers and presentations and whatnot, um, where you know you get it, you get you do interesting thing with things with data sets. There was a really cool thing this year. One of the papers was about how uh, soccer teams create space uh, in a way that if we had player tracking data for football, um, and and that's com- that is definitely coming. Um, then you can kind of let, you know, I've always had this idea of like heat mapping for, for how offenses attack defenses, like where they, where they're attacking, how they're moving defenders. You can absolutely go down that line, uh, and it'll be pretty fun to do so. Uh, I mean, there were papers about like how NBA teams make uh, dra- uh, errors in the drafts or what kind of players they make errors on. That, that was kind of cool. Uh, and then there was stuff like, you know, all these win probability models, like we saw last night with, um, the Louisville Virginia game. Look, Louisville was a ninety nine percent, and then pew, the little draft goes way down when Virginia wins at the end. Um, and expected goals, just things that kind of exploring the more common analytical tools now, like that you know that are only good and not necessarily great. Um, there are papers for that, so you can you can find it. And then, I mean, like I, I go every year because I see the same people, and every year the circle kind of grows, the number of people you know, um, and you have really good conversations uh, in the hallways or at bars. Um, and and then the panels are fine. So I mean, it's it's a worthwhile experience. It's just not necessarily because of what is in the conference. It's because of everything else. Question. Okay. You mentioned NBA a lot. Obviously, yes. Obama was there. He's an NBA guy. But like, is is it just the way Sloan is set up, or are we mm-hmm. starting to see um, other sports 
well, I guess we're not starting to see this because baseball started it with Bill James. But where is football in all this? Like, are yeah, they football behind? Really uh, behind? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. So basically, yeah, baseball was first. I guess what um, I'm asking, like, how stupid does the sport look comparatively? Because now, I, I like just from a layman's very layman's perspective, it seems like basketball analytics has jumped up in the last ten years. It's all about the availability of tools and what they can do. So baseball was first and because baseball's always had the advantage of being, you know, this guy threw, this guy swung, this guy caught the ball. You know, it's, yeah. it's always been very discre- like easy to define things. Um, and, and you know, th- so that's been the easiest. Plus, then you had Bill James and you had Moneyball, of course, at the beginning of the, of the century. Um, and so those things just created uh, an advantage for baseball. Basketball is kind of big right now because that's where the, a lot of the tools have come into play. The, the player tracking stuff they have on every NBA court, um, the, the different ways that you can, uh, that, that people have come about for doing the kind of the heat map things, the shooting maps and all that. Um, people have figured out some tools to use that kind of adequately, summarize how the game's being played and and you know it i've always said with numbers like there it, it can change the way you're thinking or it can just do what you're already doing faster like that's you know like i always t- compare it in football to like video analysis how you know you nobody has to splice films you have the game already cut up like on your ipad on your way home after the game um it, analytics can do kind of the same thing in terms of speeding up what you already do and that, that's a big part of the nba stuff right now uh, football is just, I mean, football is behind, but it's also harder. Um, you know, basketball has four guys moving without the ball. Uh, football has 10. Um, and, and so there's just, it's, it's a lot harder sport to, to just look at the stats and be able to glean a lot of things about a lot of players at once. Is it the hardest uh, of, the, of the sports? Because just from my stupid perspective, I would assume that's one soccer and then maybe two hockey because of perpetual motion. Yeah. And that's, and really you could say that soccer and hockey are, are harder because, uh, there aren't stoppages, um, uh, you know, it, with football, you know, there's a stoppage every whatever, eight seconds. Um, and so there, there is at least that part. Um, but soccer with Opta, you know, kind of being pretty aggressive all along and some other companies, soccer kind of is further down the road. I think soccer's the, the tools that you have, have for soccer, a lot of them can be translated to football to a certain degree. Uh, and that's really why I think one of the reasons why I've been really, really interested in watching what kind of develops with soccer. But no, I think it's a combination of football being stodgy and conservative and then also football being very hard to measure. Uh, those are the two things that have kind of prevented it, you know, and, and it, it was seen as a really big deal when Doug Peterson, you know, goes for it on fourth down and does the things that the nerds have been saying to do for years right. um, and, and it actually works. It actually works like it, like the, like the odds suggested it might, um, that was considered a big deal. And I do think, um, between like. Uh, it, football is a big sport of imitation. And so maybe the fact that Doug Peterson, you know, the world didn't implode when Doug, Doug Peterson followed the numbers. Uh, maybe that leads to a little bit more aggressiveness here and there. Maybe it doesn't, but maybe it does. Uh, and then you combine that with the technology and the way it's coming about with player tracking stuff and, and, and a better ability to kind of keep tabs on what all 22 players are doing at once. Um, you know, you, you start to improve the tools and then you, start to improve coaches brains a little bit uh then then you start to make advancements now i'm saying all this you know john gruden dumbass john gruden stepping up at, at the combine the other day like i want to take this back to 98 i don't want information um i think next week i'm going to try to write a basically what let's let's remember what sport what analytics actually are post um 
because it, uh, it, it is hilarious to see, especially in the NFL, just this continuously pervasive, like uh, the nerds are taking the coaches out of the game kind of stuff, like the BS. But um, My, point of but advice. It, let John Gruden hang himself with the rope. Like, don't, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not convince John of anything. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, Defend I, your um, point to, to our people, but, you know, if you want to proselytize to the undecided, but if stupid people and John Gruden want to keep running that kind of scam, like, I go for it. I think they should. Um, Bill. Um, Yo. Let's just go ahead and admit it. It wasn't the incredibly insane schedules that you and I have been keeping. Um, it was that the Sun Belt announced a new TV deal. That's why we're. Yeah, we had to wait. Yeah, that's right. We had to wait. We had to wait on the Sun Belt. That was uh, that was that was PMP APN quality. I loved how many people both with the ask uh, PAPN hashtag and then just like in Twitter like it's to one or two of us. Like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Sunbelt, Sunbelt. Um, All right, so what do you think about the Sunbelt? I think I'm going to do the show intro. This is a podcast ain't played nobody. It's college football marriage numbers. Words. <laughs> My name is Stephen Godfrey. You can reach me at at38godfrey. That's uh, um, uh, SBN underscore Bill C on Twitter. He's written multiple books. He is the inventor and proprietor of the S&P Plus analytics system, and he does a lot of nerd things as we just established. See, if I, if I remember. And by the way, in, I do apologize. What's that? I do apologize that I don't sound very good this week. I assume I don't sound very good on here because I am without a mic. I did not expect to still be in Washington, D.C. right now. Uh, I'm speaking directly into my laptop, so this is very old it's school Okay, 21 right minutes in, I, I did the show intro. This is We've we have had a we have had a run these last couple of weeks, and we apologize to the listeners, of really loose, really <laughs> impromptu things. Um, Bill has been on the road, which just upsets the entire balance of the force. Um, the idea that I'm listening to you and I heard a hotel made vacuum turn on and it wasn't it wasn't my end of the of the recording. I thought was uh, wonderful. It's also just really nice to be sitting in my house right now. Um, I have been in a vortex of Project X related materials. Um, for those of you who have listened from the very beginning, I think I announced uh, Project X here first and I really don't talk about it too much on Twitter. I try and stay off Twitter as much as I can. Um Project X marches on. <laughs> if it doesn't kill me, uh, I should have an announcement in the next eight weeks about Project X, which I know is like a long, long time, especially if you're a millennial, but you'll live. Um, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So if you, if you, by the way, if you see Godfrey walking down the street, like buy him a drink. I mean, um, I'd probably be talking to myself pantsless. So yeah. Um, whew. Project X is going to kill me. All right, Bill. Sunbelt. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is um, everything Stop is about it. the same in terms of the coverage. I looked at the official press release last night. I'm just going to pull this up randomly from our friends at AL. Um, this is – we're going to kind of um, – for those of you who are well-versed in sports internet culture, we're going to kind of FJM this um, where I'm going to read this out and we're going to kind of talk it through uh, specifically because there's some really interesting stuff here. And, and if I were to talk to Jason Kirk, our college football editor, or Nate Scott, our, our my editor and features like – and they would say, do you want to write about this right now? I would, I would punt on it right now because I've, I've read this thing two or three times. There's some key pieces of information we do not have yet, and I'll get to that in a second. And also, I'm not sure if this is good or bad yet. I, I have a lot of questions, um, and I've, I've, I'm starting to text around to people. Um, I don't know if people care. Like, It's one of those things that like, maybe if I'll just see Carl Benson in an event. Like, I don't know what the level of interest here is, but there is one thing, and we'll get to it that the Sunbelt's doing or allowing to have uh, to, to be done to them that I think is uh, foreboding or promising. I don't know. Um, so real quick over at AL.com, 
Uh, Sunbelt and ESPN, they've agreed to an eight-year contract for exclusive broadcast rights on all the league sports. Real, right, off the, right off the bat, they already had an exclusive contract, I believe. The only thing that I think this changes is third-tier rights and that sometimes the schools themselves right. would be responsible for the games that really, like, had a small, small interest. So, in other words, if ULM had a home game against an FCS opponent like Nichols Southern. or something like that, that one would be left up to the school to broadcast if they wanted to do anything at all. I think this sucks all those in, and there's a reason why. Uh, current deal was not set to expire until 2020, but the league and ESPN have agreed to enhancements. Now, this is interesting too. Okay, the league, the deal is not ex- set to expire until 2020, which means we had three more football seasons to go. Football being the key revenue generator here. What does that tell you, Bill? Um, well, it, it almost tells me something about ESPN. Like, um, correct. Like they're really that is the correct answer. Oh yeah, yeah, ding, ding, ding. Um, yeah, the most interesting part of this for me is just that, or to me is that. Um, you know, we talk a lot on here about, Hey, Facebook's trying to get into football and, 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 you know, whoever else, all these like smaller entities that were curious about like what impact they can have. And this, this was almost ESPN just trying to hoard like, no, 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 you can't, you know, we're going to try to make sure you don't have anything good, like not good, but decent. You you don't have a lot of inventory to play with here. We're going to make sure we keep our inventory. That's what it seemed like to me. So it's that it is the fact that they want to maintain quantity. Um, because ESPN has to operate in quantity. It's that simple. Um, you know, entities like SB Nation and our our rival companies, we're, we're, we are boutique properties. We do not churn out volume the way that ESPN does. And also, we're not rights holders. Uh, specifically, ESPN defines itself more and more every second that goes by as a rights holder first. You've seen the attrition that they've had in their editorial side, be it reporters or, or you know, sports center anchors or producers in Bristol, like, Bill and I won't bore you, but I mean, I can tell you as someone in the industry, that is the, that is the stark direction in which ESPN is headed towards. And, um, my colleague, Andy Staples once opined over a beer one time that he said this years ago, that one day ESPN would be the Netflix of sports and it would be an on-demand service. And, and it's funny that he, you know, predicted that because that's kind of where we're headed and the Sun Belt's a great example. So let's keep going. Um, I want to point out, here's why 2020 is interesting. They did not have to redo this deal. Right. They did not have no, – neither party had to redo this deal right now. The Sun Belt has anxiety about long-term revenue streams because every G5 does. Benson has been very, very vocal about the fact that the center will not hold in the G5 culture. Right. So keep that in mind and also think about where ESPN is right now relative to Disney and relative to the volatility of um, OT over-the-top providers, you know, if you own a Roku or an Apple TV and you're watching watch ESPN versus subscribing via like a Time Warner or a Charter. Um, real quick here, confirmation the inaugural Sunbelt Football Championship game will be played <laughs> on Saturday, December 1st, 2018 on ESPN, ABC or ESPN2. Uh, just a bit of an editorializing here. I think that's a bad idea. What they wanted was a guarantee to get the prestige spot. I'm almost certain that the championship game will be a home game. They're not going to try and do a neutral site. Right. It's pretty dangerous if you're not the SEC to right. do a neutral site. Um, <laughs> well, actually, Big the Big Ten as well. Big Ten, yeah. I've, I've covered that game multiple times, and it does not matter the fan base. People really do show up for that thing. As long okay. as you keep it in Here, and not move it to New York. Here's why this is a bad idea. Are you going to watch this on Saturday, December 1st at any time slot? Right. No. Yeah, Friday night. Why not put this on Friday night or Thursday night? Yep. It makes absolutely no sense. Put it on Sunday. Wait, no, we're still in regular league rotation at that point. Right. Um, The championship game as it stands right now is going to go up against a pretty decent amount of inventory. Yep. 
So more than likely the Sunbelt football championship game. So let's say right now, uh, who is, who, who's your number one in the, in the Sunbelt? Who's what? your one, two prediction let's, for Sunbelt championship? It's going to be Arkansas state, Appalachian state. Okay. So you're in Jonesboro, you're in Boone. It's going to be 11 in the morning. They're going to, they're going to slot at 11 in the morning on ESPN too. I think that's just bad exposure, honestly. Yeah, like I, I really say, don't think it's a good idea. I will say, I mean, the problem with this last championship week uh, lineup was that like everybody cleared the deck for the sec. Um, yeah. and, and basically you had all the mid majors on at 11 in the morning on Saturday and they, you know, they didn't even at least spread it out. There is, I think value here. If they were to just go on opposite the sec so that you have something else to flip over to during commercials, Mm. Uh, instead of going on at, at noon with like nine other games or well no but four or five other games right like i think i don't know if carl benson would agree with going head to head with birmingham you're not, gonna but, get, you're not gonna get ratings anyway you might as well be like right. the alternate choice the, the alternate commercial break choice if you're really insisting on going on saturday this is just one of those things i'm not i'm not saying to mack it and go on a tuesday night but i am saying thursday or friday specifically because yeah. the pac-12 has been so they've hiccuped so much in establishing their own identity you know i've talked about this before but it's the bryce love no was it it was one of the stanford yeah. running yeah. back heisman yeah. campaigns yeah. Thank you. It was the McCaffrey Heisman campaign that was derailed because they could have had an open window um, on a night where he could have had a showcase moment. They didn't. It was instead they were up against other other championship games and then vice versa happens. I I would plant a flag on that Friday night personally because the Pac-12 championship rights, I think, jump around. There's some hiccup involved there. Just say ESPN2 Friday night. Boom. This is it. I'm not sure when the MAC championship is, but you could actually just do a doubleheader. And I know like, and maybe we're unique here because I mean, I can say like when the Mac championship game is on Friday nights, I watch it when it's on Saturdays, I really don't catch much of it. Um, So, but maybe, you know, maybe uh, Fridays aren't as attractive as we think in that regard, but it, you know, it, it just logic suggests that being on when other, when fewer games are on is probably a good idea. I mean, I can just tell you from a programming perspective, the rating that you're going to pull on a Friday night is not going to be less than the rating that you would pull at 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning when you're opposite three or four other games. It's just not. Unless you have a, a unique you know, Western Michigan-type situation, you might garner a little bit more of the mind share, but not much. Um, all right, scrolling on. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that I know is the heart of the deal, but I don't actually think matters too much in terms of what we're talking about. Uh, guarantee that all Sunbelt home football games will be available on an ESPN platform for the seventh consecutive year. Uh, that's common now. Pretty much all, if, if you're a fan of a team in, in FBS, then your stuff's on ESPN or, or, you know, it's on, it's on an accessible platform. The idea that you could miss a game now after seeking it out is, mm sort of gone by the wayside <laughs> yeah um the men's and women's basketball games are going to jump from 100 to 150 uh wow. from, from the 1819 to the 1920 season i actually have some friends at espn that are freelance play-by-play and freelance analysts and those people that are contracted out of the carolina office like that's good for them it's just more work um blah 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 quote from our buddy carl benson blah 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 so they buried the lead here at al they buried the lead in a couple of other places this thing is going to ESPN plus and there's just not a lot of language about this. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to have to pay to see this stuff. This ESPN plus thing that's about to launch is going to contain a portion of specific Sunbelt games. You can't get anywhere else. And, and and this is to, just to to lay it out. This is different than watch ESPN. 
this is a new service. Okay. For those of you who don't know, if you have, um, gosh, I'm trying to think like, let's just say you're on the, you're on the cutting edge and you've got PlayStation view or sling or YouTube TV or whatever. This is different. This is going to be something similar to Hulu or Netflix. Okay. So just to quote from the verge real fast, Disney thinks right now, and this is, this is a report from about a month ago, um, the, the ESPN Plus service will launch at $4.99 a month, okay? Um, and so we don't – I'm trying to think if there's a – they don't have a date here except 2019. Um, so I guess this won't – this isn't going to affect anything in 2018. This is going to go well, in conjunction with – I'm sorry? Well, no, I'm, like the thing I'm reading says that there's still a chance for 2018. Okay. Um, basically, this is going to be the future of how Disney inventories its content – um, ESPN lost them a ton of money specifically due to the, the cable cord cutting revolution. Um, if you're listening to this and you cut the cord, this is a direct result of your actions. And that's fine. I'm not, I don't mean to say that in a mean way because I cut the cord a long time ago. Um, if you are a parent like we are, um, Disney is going to be launching an extremely similar service with a just ton of of its entertainment content all the way from the like traditional Disney cartoon films to um, the Marvel inventory to you name it, Star Wars, all that kind of stuff. So they're creating an ESPN world just like it. Well, here's what we don't know. We don't know how many people are going to sign up for an ESPN plus service that are just not trained to do that. If people are still subscribing to sling or view or YouTube TV, or they just have a time Warner, you know, regular ass cable box in their house. That means that, they're not going to see these games. Okay. That's interesting to me. Has the Sunbelt sacrificed a ton of exposure potentially to just stay, to, to just stay with a, with a, with a steady, reliable amount of income from ESPN. We don't know. Right. They're, everybody here is kind of banking on, you know, being able to draw the pockets of Sunbelt fans into subscribing for this service. Um, and that's something like, you know, to whatever degree it'll happen, but yeah, to, it's hard to say specifically what degree it'll happen until it happens. Um, and I mean, I, I will say like, we're inching down that road. Like we, we haven't completely cut the cord yet, partially because we have like a, a you know, a deal that hasn't run out yet. Um, but we're, we are Netflix and Hulu. Now we almost never watch live uh, TV except for, uh, sports. Um, and uh, I think at this point I'm like, our connection's good. And, and we've kind of been able to test out. Well, we've, we've kind of been able to hear other people testing out platforms like YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we could end up in the next year or two being in a situation. Yeah. Where we like do Netflix, Hulu, ESPN plus and YouTube TV and still pay like a third of what we pay now, uh, for cable or not, maybe not a third, but half, um, and, and being pretty good with that. So here's how ESPN Plus is described, and this is why I'm going to get super specific on this podcast, because if you listen to this, you you probably enjoy the whole hog of college football, and you enjoy the luxury of being able to swoop in on that South Alabama Troy game on a Wednesday night. You enjoy being <laughs> able to, you know, it doesn't happen a ton, but uh, Mississippi State has played at South Alabama. Uh, Baylor has gone to ULM. You might be a fan of a Power 5 team that goes to one of these, these – uh, sunbelt locations and this is where it makes the most sense if you guys remember a long time ago the first thing that the sec network did when it was announced as soon as they could get the conference schedule slated they put two conference games on sec network in week one 
I know I remember vividly yep. one of them was uh was Arkansas and Auburn in week one. They did that to absolutely mandate that every carrier from the big guys like Comcast and Time Warner to like the stuff that you've never heard of, like Gulf Coast, blah da da cable. Everyone had to <sighs> everyone had to renegotiate and add at, yeah, the SEC network to their deal, lest their viewership riot. Right, right. That's the old. That's their old. You know, they learned that move when with ESPN two putting uh, North Carolina Duke on ESPN two uh, for basketball, like right out of the gates, just to, like so nobody could mess around. Yeah. And so. Guess what? They're gonna do it again. And Sunbelt Sunbelt content, <laughs> as much as we love them, is not the premium access. You know, I, oh damn it! I've got to throw my five dollars down to get on to get in on this thing. It was there's something there's there's got to be another step to this before it happens. This is my this is my bold prediction here. So I'm curious, essentially, what ESPN is doing. If you take nothing else from this rant, understand this: they're gonna start paywalling college football. Yeah going to start paywall in college basketball too and that's something that you as an espn consumer have never really had to deal with if you if you had a subscription you had to watch espn you know login from your friend you've been kind of getting off light now some people might argue <laughs> the hell i have i've been paying a hundred and some odd dollars for cable blah 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 but here's the problem um this is so this is disney ceo bob Iger talking according to Iger, espn plus will be an add-on included within the redesigned espn app and not a standalone service with its own mobile and tv smart uh smart tv software users who pay the 499 monthly subscription fee will gain access to thousands of live sporting events not available on current channels this service is designed to help espn forestall the negative effects of subscriber drop-off as more and more viewers choose an over-the-top streaming service over traditional sports and cable packages. Disney purchased, uh, and it goes on to talk about BAM Tech, which is the streaming service that uh, Major League Baseball used in, in such a revolutionary way that now pretty much everyone uses on a successful streaming platform. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, ESPN Plus will not contain access to SportsCenter or live ESPN channels. As Iger says, Disney will not make ESPN Plus available unless you're a, quote, traditional or non-traditional subscriber of standard ESPN. Huh. ESPN Plus will precede the launch of Disney's broader straight-to-consumer services. Wow. Pre- so huh. none, of this weird- is, none of this was discussed yesterday when the Sun Belt announced its deal with ESPN. That's okay. a really strange timeline. It's a really strange timeline. They're going to use sports, and, and make no mistake, dear listener, they're going to use college sports specifically as the guinea pig here, okay? They're, because college sports has the most inventory. And because of the the fractured federation type rights deals, you know, you don't you sign one contract with the NFL, the NBA, et cetera. You sign a multitude of contracts with the various conferences. So because of that, because of the system, they're going to use college sports as a as the guinea pig here for this really weird service. So this is not what Staples and other people have predicted. This is not the straight up, all right, guys, to hell with cable. Just like Netflix, like what do we pay for Netflix now? Do we even know? Is it fourteen bucks a month? I think. I, I don't even know. We okay. I just know we do. <laughs> All right, exactly. Which is what Netflix loves. So let's say okay, yes. right now instead of instead of um, a cable tiered package where I have to get a Sling or or YouTube TV so I can watch the ESPN channels to watch like the SEC stuff and the Big Ten stuff. They're not just saying, here's like, pay us $14 and you get everything on ESPN and you, you hit a button on your phone to watch it. It's not that. It's not. It's here's an extra add on layer for $5 a month of other stuff. 
That sounds like a bad idea, Bill. Wow. This just, doesn't uh, sound like an incentive for people to sign up for another damn thing that they have to pay money for. Because let's be honest, as much as we love it here in our little corner of the podcasting world, again, what kind of inventory are you going to offer that demands people sign up for this thing? The Sunbelt alone can't carry it. And then so my next question is, is that did the Sunbelt just strand a lot of its inventory on this sort of boutique little corner of ESPN that's paywalled? And are, are, is anybody going to be able to randomly, reasonably just go, hey, oh, yeah, I want to watch that App State game? Yeah, it seems like they really are, um, and maybe this is smart, I don't know, but maybe the, it seems like they're banking on little niche communities, like sucking niche communities into the subscriber base um, and building it up in that way. Because, I mean, yeah, like, if you're a hard, like, every all of the Sunbelt schools have hardcore fans. They just don't have as many of them as, you know, the SEC or whatever. Uh, but if you have the opportunity to pay $5 a month to make sure you get to see every all of your team's road games and all of your team's baseball games uh, and, and this and that, I mean, maybe that – if, if you're a fan, then, you know, $5 a month might be worth it. It's just, you're not as a, as a business model. Like, so maybe in that sense, it's fine for the, uh, for the Sunbelt. It's just uh, the, the ESPN business model. They're, they're obviously not going to be made or broken by um, how many uh, South Alabama fans pay $5 a month. This is very, very odd. All right. One more thing. This just reinforces. This just reinforces that, like we we don't really know how any of this is going to play out over the next ten years, uh, and and it also kind of hints that neither does ESPN. They're just kind of feeling their way One around. One more thing here. Um, we don't know the biggest question. I buried my own lead. The, big, <laughs> the biggest question is this: with any one of these broadcast deals, especially if you're in the Sun Belt, do you know, Bill? Do you know how much the Sun Belt teams get per year from their television deal right now? Like a hundred, like a hundred thousand dollars or something in it, and a hundred thousand dollars. So contrast that with when the first, the first Big Ten network deal went through. It was already around twenty six, and that was ten years ago. Million. I'm sorry. It's um, there are projections depending on who you believe. They've they've been kind of sanded down a little bit with the cord cutting phenomenon that. The SEC and the Big Ten networks would generate upwards one day of fifty-five to sixty-five to seventy million dollars a school. I don't think that's going to happen, but right now they can pretty much bank in the forties. Okay, compare that to a hundred thousand dollars, and this is the this is yep. it. This is the single conversation you need to have about the Power Five versus the Group of Five, about the inequity of the programs, about the difference, all of this stuff. It's this is it. That is the single conversation. Yep. It has nothing to and do with attendance and tradition. That they also went out of their way to re up at about a hundred thousand or maybe a hair more per year. Like, well, let's let's lock it down because we don't know if it's we're going to so get. So here's better. the other issue: we don't know what they're paying. We have no idea what this new eight year contract pays the schools at all. Right. I thought I saw something that it might have been total speculation to just that it wasn't a massive change from what they currently the speculation make. Speculation right that, now, yeah, I've not been able to confirm a number. The speculation right now is that it will be it's it's higher than one hundred thousand dollars, but not significantly. It's not even as far right. as I know, it's not even a million, it's not five million. So if you're if you take anything out of this, one, it's the weird paywall situation that they just entered, and two, nothing really changed. Right. Like they're like if you're Louisiana Lafayette, you're still gonna have to go get your teeth kicked in by Florida and 
LSU and maybe Arkansas two to three times a year. Yeah. And you're still going to scramble and beg people to bridge that gap with you. So you don't completely lose the morale of your small fan bases and try and find those weird two, one, one, one deals with, you know, programs that are sensitive programs that programs that don't just have the pure power and weight of Oklahoma where it's like, yeah, ULM come in here three times over 10 years. We're going to play on Labor Day weekend. The years that we're not doing a big game, we're just going to kick crap out of you. And the going rate is like $1.8 million. So that's what we'll give you. Um, You guys have to understand, like you hate those games. They're not really fun for anybody, but they exist for a reason. They they have to life circle of life. And I know, like, Carl Benson, I know, was frowning. Like, he was almost trying to guilt ULM into stop taking so many of those so that they could be bowl eligible easier. But, yeah, right, like, right. okay, we'll tell them how else they're going to make money then. All in all, before we move on, this is not a bad move. Uh, this is not a this is not an error on the Sun Belt's part. I think it's all that they could manage to do. Um, I think it's I th- the smartest play for the Sun Belt, um, when you look around, especially at the rest of the G5s, is to do exactly what they've done which is bring in really, really damn good programs on their level, um, tighten your geography, focus on your footprints, and place a safe bet at the table. And they've done that. Because that even as, for all of it, I'm sorry? No, I was going to say I'll use that as a transition, but keep talking. I was going to say for all its volatility, ESPN has always been the safest bet for carriage. Right, and that's it, and it will remain so, even if it's not as big, even if it doesn't make as much money as Disney wants it to, and therefore they have to cut right. jobs to show that, hey, we can be profitable, which, you know, grumble, 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 Wall Street runs everything. Um, it, it is still the safest bet and will remain the safest bet. Uh, but, yeah, there, so we, we had two particular um, uh, asked PA, hashtag ask PAPN questions that I'll, I'll use as a transition thing here. Um Number one, this came, I think, last Friday, uh, our friend Tanner Spearman, at Tanner Spearman. Um, why is there a narrative that CUSA isn't going to work long-term, especially when the Sun Belt's media deal is much, much worse? Um, we, the, the narrative kind of sucks both of them in. Um, but uh, you know, the other question that I'll go ahead and mention is uh, at John Austin Perry asks, assume S- uh, Sunbelt and CUSA shuffles and you're in charge. Do you prioritize geography or try to put the better programs slash upside programs together to make stronger conference? Um, hmm. Well, I mean, that's actually a really good question because, I mean, the, the, the natural reflex response is geography is the whole point of it. But how many do you have to take total? Twelve? Yeah, I would say twelve. So right now, what there are ten in Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. They're you know they have a, a conference title game anyway. And How many are fourteen in USA? Forty-five. Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, four, uh, fourteen going on thirty-eight. Um, so basically, twenty-four between the two, you could easily mash together. But to step back for just a second, super conference. So, <laughs> the stretch the definition of super. The whole reason we are talking about this, it goes back to I think it was what the Middle Tennessee AD just pointed out that like. I mean, yeah, revenue is, is what it is. It's it, it, revenue is that it, it is such that it doesn't justify the geography of Conference USA in particular. Uh, Conference USA is a very stretched out conference, and um, it, it just it, it you know this is always the example. Like, what, what about your volleyball team going there on a Wednesday night? 
um, it, it just it really stretches the money when when the geography doesn't make sense. Uh, and between Conference USA and Sun Belt in particular, uh, you know, you could suck in other mid-major conferences if you want to, but just those two, you can mash them together and 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 stretch uh, or build, you know, create two very very much more geographically continuous conferences. Um, just by, you know, but the idea of quality is interesting here too. If you want to, you know, there's a lot of dead weight in both of these conferences. Um, and, and so you could, that would, that would be kind of interesting, but it wouldn't solve the geography problem. And that probably at the end of the day is the more pressing problem. I would agree. I think it's very hard. I mean, we can sit here and play the fun game like we have before about the mega conference, yeah. super conference <laughs> pod, but I don't know if there's a, necessarily a great answer but in terms of um i would push back maybe a little bit on the logic austin and just say that don't worry so much about like picking the 10 best or the 12 best or whatever it's not going to happen anyway and it would be really hard for me to find the best like what are you arguing against right now because let's so so let's say you're western kentucky and you've been absolutely lights out through you know tagger getting the respectable leaving petrino getting them good brahm getting them awesome we don't know if Mike Sanford. I mean, we, they could be four and eight in two years. We don't know, and then and then it's not like that brand is going to carry one way or the other in a different, you know, a, a dramatically different way. And I think that's the case with most of these programs. And so it's really hard to figure out. Look, the question that, that Austin is asking is the question that these conferences have been asking for fifteen years. Oh man, right. North Texas is so valuable because it's in Dallas. Is it? Do people care. Does it move a needle in Dallas? Are you talking about investment in potential fans? Right, always, like, what, like, what does that mean? Right. The teams that have stood out recently, I mean, A, aren't the teams that would that have stood out over yes. 30 years for the most part. Southern Miss, you could kind of make a case there. But, yeah, I mean, the, the problem at the, with life at this level in general is that it's, you know, your, your reward for being successful is having to hire a new coach, and eventually you, you don't hire a good one. Um, and, cause like, I mean, if you look at the teams that have been most recently successful out of those two conferences, you end up with the conference of like app, app state and Arkansas state and Troy and Marshall and Southern miss and Western Kentucky. Um, uh, but I mean, FAU is like suddenly a heavyweight. They were terrible two years ago. Right. Uh, oh, they were awful. It was, it was a joke. Why FAU and FIU were even right. FBS programs and, for a long, long time. But someone finally cashed in on the, on the idea of like, well, they're sitting in Miami. They could be good. Yeah, and so the the different approaches these two conferences have taken, like you have to build in a certain amount of speculation and, and projection and, and potential for future. And Sunbelt did that by bringing in like, hey, Georgia Southern and, and App State have been really good at the FCS level for quite a while. Uh, let's go that route. Whereas Conference USA said, hey, Charlotte's big. North Texas is near Dallas. Uh, yeah. Old Dominion is in, is in that Norfolk trifecta region down there. Um, I mean, they also brought in Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee, and that brought kind of a sustained level of quality to the table, or well, Middle Tennessee at least. Um, Western Kentucky was just starting to kind of figure things out, but yeah, I mean, the the difference is that Conference USA banked a lot more on on market equaling potential, and um, and I mean, yeah, they bank almost everything on that, right? And and I mean, it we can say it kind of failed. Like it's, it's quite possible that whatever they attempted to do was probably going to fail, uh, at least in terms of like raising them to the stature of, of the American conference or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was kind of the difference in the approaches there. Conference USA is still higher on the totem pole. Their dead weight almost drags them down to the same level as the Sun Belt. Um, but yeah, they're only in the end, they're just only so many decent, not terrible solutions. <laughs> so in the next 10 years, by the way, uh, I'm just kind of scrolling through these at random 
because I'm still stuck on this idea that ESPN plus is going to try and paywall you into in, in tricking you into buying something like have basically walling around an event that you do want when that thing launches. And I don't know what it is because like the home games that the Sunbelt gets, like when it happens, it's really not much like Louisiana Lafayette gets Iowa state at home in 2025. I'm still scratching and searching here, but like, that's freaking kidding me. That's not really going to like, you know, make you absolutely dive to, to switch over. Even like, honestly, even a program. So app being like the premier program, they just don't have an elite non-conference home game through their scheduling in 2026. They just don't have it. They're going to go to Wisconsin. They're going to go to Miami. Actually, the Miami is a return date. They did have Miami at home right. the season before last, but they don't have another one of those coming. 2022, they get North Carolina. Um, that makes sense. But again, that's just not going to be the thing that pushes pushes right. you know, subscribers <laughs> to tune in. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to say this with like a stupid SEC bias, but – I mean, there's some truth to that. Um, so, you know, look at Troy, same situation. They get Mississippi State at home in 2027, um, and then that's the best – that's the most prestigious home game that they've got. Oh, scheduling, scheduling is so stupid. It's, um, that's, that's 10 years away. Yeah, it's 10 years away, and we have absolutely no idea what the landscape looks like. And so I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of hung up on this thing. I, I don't know what they're going to offer. And simultaneously, I'm thinking, like, how are they going to try and screw with – with the consumer to make them buy that thing. I just, I, I don't really have an answer right now. Um, all right. Was there another ask you PAPN related to that? So there's one well, or two. To, to transition. To we get, so we can walk through the pre, this week's previews also, real Austin fast. Said, there's uh, another like one. This, can we talk about the CUSA thing for a second? Sure. Do they call it CUSA? Well, I know. I was Is confused. it because we're turning it into a word? Is it because like we're papping, uh, like yeah, I, I he said he said it. thanks for the CUSA callout spelled like like a pronunciation guide. Right, still nails on a chalkboard, but y'all are worth it. It's it's that they prefer Conference USA, not surely not CUSA. Surely we didn't miss right. that. Not, there's a place in Oregon called Coos Bay. Um, that's the only <laughs> thing I can think of that okay. where it would be where it, what I'm saying like that's the only time in my life I've heard someone really try and hit the Coos. Um, <laughs> um, I, just for a second, I call it that because for years in press boxes when I was coming up as a sports writer, people would just say, what's going on in the CUSA? I didn't make that up. Right. And I mean, every conference kind of has, or most conferences have an abbreviation and Conference USA is C-USA. So yeah. And also like, it's a crap ass name anyway. Conference USA. <laughs> like, What are you, an off-brand napkin supplier? Kiss an my off, ass. An, an off-brand American conference? Um, like, Actually, yes, what? they are. Come to think of it. But Anyway, um, they were first, too. So, you know, they have that over the American. Uh, all right. So, um, yes, I am still on Conference USA previews right now uh, because there are 38 teams in Conference USA. Um, our friend at James Clary at Virginia Gem asks, I give up. How good, a co- how good of a coach is Skip Holtz? I revised him down after USF and Ruffin, do- Ruffin uh, McNeil doing well at ECU, uh, which where, where Holtz also did pretty well. And I revised him up after ECU's recent struggles and his decent to good run at Louisiana Tech. Sort of feels like Frank Solich, though feel like Ohio is a harder job, so a half step lower. Um, I wouldn't compare to Frank Solich. 
Well, I mean, he's, yeah, he's not as old and he hasn't done it as long yet, but, um, Holtz is really, I mean, I, we, we've talked about this before. My, my, my nightmare is Holtz does just well enough to get hired away when I kind of like him at Louisiana tech. Well, um, that's exactly what's going to happen. Somebody's going to gamble on, on skip Holtz here. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen, Bill. Someone's going to hire skip Holtz after another year or two of really good above average play at Louisiana tech to come in and be the calming influence, right. <laughs> the steady hand on a ship, whatever that ship may be in power five, it's going to happen. And I hate it because he's really good at Louisiana tech. He, and the reason he's still there, it's his sixth year now, uh, is that he has, hasn't had that breakthrough. And, and, and that still seems to matter when you're hiring coaches. Um, he's, he's been uh, good to very good. I thought last year could maybe be the, the whole bridesmaid having a chance to become the bride thing. As I wrote in the preview yesterday, mm-hmm. um, and instead, they lost uh, a, a series of one-point games. They lost three one-point games to conference rivals uh, and, and ended up just kind of eking out a bowl bid. Um, they were very, very, very good at the end of last season, so they've got that going for them. And um, now they don't have a first-year quarterback anymore. They got this kid, Jamar Smith. Um, he was up and down as a passer, uh, solid rusher, um, a couple of good possession receivers. This kid, uh, another guy, Rashid Barnett, uh, or excuse me, Bunnett, um, who uh, was a, a big play receiver. They, they're a lot more experienced offensively now. Their offense slipped quite a bit. Uh, it should rebound, and their defense should be pretty fun. So this is um, it, we we the I mean I can't I'm not going to try to hype anything conference USA related too much. But if you like competitive races, the West with Louisiana Tech with North Texas. Um, with uh, Southern Miss, with, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of curious about UTSA this year just because they lose just about everybody from a crappy offense. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't, you know, so they might not, you know, they might not slip in that regard, but their defense should be pretty good. And we know uh, we've talked many times about how Frank Wilson recruits. Um, th- so there might be something there, but I can't say for sure. But this is a, a very, very even race. UTEP and Rice are still bad and probably will be this year. Um, rice, rice could rebound a little bit, but not enough to compete, but you, and Western Kentucky, you just got a lot of teams that are pretty even and that, that usually makes for a fun race. And Louisiana tech might be kind of the most stable entity of the bunch. My thought on Frank Wilson is that someone who needs exactly what he provides is going to pass him over because he may not be able to put it together at UTSA because of limits, just because of what UTSA is. So it's going to be interesting to watch in the next couple of years. Yeah, that, that's my um, Tuesday preview. Next week, I got North Texas on Monday, UTSA on Tuesday, and and that's going to be kind of the thing. Is you know we talk about windows a lot, and like it, you begin, September, UTSA was the best team in Conference USA, uh, and then they faded because their 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 offense just wasn't very good, and um and so now the you know the offense is going to probably still be a drag next year, just because I mean you could you can make the whole addition. Uh, with subtraction kind of thing, but you know, most of next year's starters were going or were backups on this year's bad offense. And so it still might take him a little while to get things going there. Um, and then, you know, your window closes and all that, he can still recruit. Uh, and he still has been recruiting well at UTSA. It just might take him a couple more years before he now gets that kind of next step job. Um, I'm just going to throw this one out to you because it's red meat to, to the wolf. Um, uh, our friend Nick, <laughs> Nick Juskowitz asks, it's uh, well, it's dumb that a few still haven't released their conference schedules. Why does the big for eighteen? Why does the Big Ten have theirs released through twenty one? Uh, and this is the this is the red meat for you. Also, why does each Big Ten team have a protected crossover? Man, I'm pretty sure that this show, if when we take stances against things, we hate the protected crossover, 
right? I don't know. Like we're we're pretty against that. So I feel I, like I, as a concept, I understand it because there yeah. are some crossovers worth protecting. It's just if you protect one, you protect everybody well, has to have one, and you all you always end up with stupid ones. So here's Nick. Which, so here's Nick. Nick says Purdue and Indiana makes sense, but Iowa, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Nebraska, uh, Ohio State. Northwestern Michigan State, Minnesota, Maryland, and Illinois Rutgers is odd. I just said Illinois. Sorry. Well, um, Illinois. Yeah, it's odd. Um, well, Iowa I mean, Penn yeah, State has produced some fun games. How about that? Yeah, no, but I couldn't outside of Purdue, Indiana. I don't necessarily. Maybe. Yeah, no, I don't necessarily know that I could have named any of the others. I know that. I know that these get certain. I know, like, I know that every year Wisconsin plays Michigan. I know every year that Penn State plays Iowa. And, and now that I think about it, I know that, I guess because I just slip into the Pam Ward vortex, I know that Northwestern and Michigan State play each other every year at 9.30 in the morning. Um, but, man, yeah. I, do you have a good answer why they did this? Because it's the way conferences do things, because nobody's gone to pods yet. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think that's pretty much it. You have to why protect. Why the hell? Like, you have to protect Purdue and did Bill? They, it's not like they did this to protect that damn Indiana. No, I think they probably did. I think like, Indiana. I think, but those schools would have thrown a fit if they did. Uh, and and if you draw it up some other way, you would end up like having to protect, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, or something. And so, um, then just hot swap. Um, then just hot swap is Northwestern's in the West, right? Northwestern's in the West. Yes, they are. They okay, are and west. Indiana's in the East. They are further west than Indiana. <laughs> and Indiana's in the East. Yes. Swap them. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure Indiana's response to that would be hell yes. But no, we don't need no no swapping, no anything. Pods. Nobody, almost nobody has more than three things they need to protect. Three rivalries they need to protect. It is a, it is a, an amazingly simple idea. And unlike pr- promotion and relegation, it actually could happen. It's not hard. It would not ruin anything. And it's not that hard a concept to understand. It's just like we. The reason the, they do these things is because that's the way you do them. And so we need to change that and you know i'll start making some calls oh man this is worse than the sec yeah I mean, it's considerably worse than the yeah, SEC it, because the sec gets to rally around two traditional rivalries in in alabama tennessee and, and auburn georgia and then fill out the crap with the rest and then try and sell us on the fact that lsu and florida is a tradition well, i like i and, like it for the sec because i like you know missouri plays now uh, every year they play a bunch of border te- teams that aren't very far away. You know, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Arkansas. So I like it for that hey, reason. Bill, you're in the SEC now. We're all we're, all of us are far away from you. Okay, Arkansas not that far away. Nashville's not that far away. Lexington's eh, no, no. only sort of far far it, away. It's a universe away. You 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 Big Ten weirdo. Pods. We, you married into this family. Pods. You you married into this family. Don't you ever forget it. Pods. Um. <laughs> Pods in the SEC, I know you've done before, but I'm just—I think pods. I think no, we, we when we did that, like I think Matt Brown also did the Big Ten, and it works. It just works. It, yeah. it, it is. I think it would work. I think it would work a lot better. I'm not saying it wouldn't work in down south. I'm saying it would work a lot better in the short term. And let's be honest, the Big Ten is going to be more progressive about this yeah. anyway. Uh, well, um, the and SEC I, is the team that created divisions for FBS, so no, you know they took. Well, the- that's the South. Just like it, I mean, they divide things. That's what they do. Is they break off. Um, I think the Big Ten could do this, protect the protect what is a really good conference championship game too, uh, in terms of environment and that kind of stuff. So, uh, will they do it? Of course not. Of course they won't. 
There's no way they're going to do it. Just give me a call, Jim Delaney. I just need 10 minutes to walk through it, and, and you'll be sold. You could just do the thing on the fly in 10 minutes? Oh, yeah. God, yes. It's not hard. It's not hard. You play everybody uh, home and away within four years. You don't lose any major rivalries because uh, no school has more than about three, aside from, like, uh, the teams that hate everybody, like, what, Tennessee or LSU uh, in the in the SEC. Like, almost nobody has more than three games they have to protect. And even if you can't protect it, you play twice every four years. Uh, you just you just can't get you – just you, you would not be able – to convince them, even if you if if your time machine landed in Chicago on the doorstep, and you got out in like a, a flashy foil spacesuit, and you were like, "Jim, Nebraska's gonna be assy. Don't bank everything around the Huskers." He wouldn't believe you. He still wouldn't <laughs> be like, "I'm from the future, Jim." He wouldn't believe you. That's the problem here. That's that's why they did what they did initially. They can undo that. And I know that Jim is a loyal PAPN listener, uh, and so yes, I just I just need ten minutes, Jim. It will it, it will work to, it will work through it together. You'll love it. Everybody will benefit from it. You do know that the large portion of Wisconsin listeners on this podcast are going to stab you in the neck because they benefit the most. <laughs> no school benefits better more from the current division alignment of the entire Big Ten conference than the Wisconsin Badgers. But. Nobody. They also have a massive chip on their shoulder because they continuously get cold. Well, they're told the only reason you're you're so good is you're in the West. So you know that could abate them. Well, that could wait, question wait. their manhood and bait them into saying, "Yeah, hell yeah, let's do it." Why don't you figure out what's going wrong in Indianapolis then? Yeah, they I don't even know why, why. Why am I baiting a loyal listener? I don't. Yeah, know. seriously. Yeah. This is the off season. We need as many listeners as we can get in the off season. Do you think PAPN would just like explode on the Apple podcasting charts if there was a TCU Wisconsin national championship? I do. <laughs> That's that is certainly when it comes to power, when it comes to Power Five. We got we got hops there, man. I just <laughs> by the way, by the way, speaking of charts, review us on freaking iTunes. We do not have enough reviews. Review us. What's wrong? Maybe not. Well, no, we just we don't get a lot of reviews because we don't solicit it. We're not good at you know promoting ourselves. Yeah. And so, yes, review us on iTunes. Thank Ooh, you. I haven't looked because I don't use iTunes. I don't use the um, Apple Podcast app or whatever the hell it's called now. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I always hate doing that in a podcast, but. Well, here. when you were when one of the times you were gone and Bud came on, he like lectured me about it, too, uh, on, on the podcast. Like, you guys need to solicit more. How, how do you guys only have X number of ratings? Let's see. We how have, many ratings do we have? We are now up to 241. So we've gotten a few. Is that, um, what is that compared to? Let's see. It, uh, it says more by Aspie Nation. I'm clicking on the MMA hour. MMA hour. Well, had, that's like a juggernaut. I know, but let's just as a compare. Let's compare ourselves to a juggernaut. Well, the juggernaut only has 737, so it's we're okay. not as far away as we once were. Uh, Shut down full cast. Well, a, a, so, a, a sort of football podcast yeah. has uh, 491 reviews. Mm. So I mean, we started from behind. That's fine, but we got some catching up America to do. America has no taste. We have, now, by the way, we have 240 ratings, uh, average review, five stars. All right. All right. Okay, fine. If you are going to get up in my mentions when, like, I got a sick kid or I'm stuck on some flight and, we, and we're trying to, like, haul ass to get this podcast out to you, loyal listener, <laughs> why, why are the idiots in the back of the class doubling us up on iTunes review? Huh? Yeah. If, you ha- if you're listening and you haven't done this already, you better go five-star us. Because I know, look, we know enough about our analytics to know that we we 
we appeal to the same hardcore. We are indie rock as hell. Okay. We are a guided by voices concert and the same, every town we go to the same 250 people are going to show up, know the lyrics to every song. (laughs) And then we're never going to be able to sell out an arena, but we're always going to have that. So you passionate a-holes better go get, I mean, does it, does the iTunes, does it help us? Like, what does it do if they do it? I'm I'm stopping uh, The volume of reviews does help with the the ratings, their weird ratings algorithm. Like, um, it's not just like, it's not just listens and it's not just like the quality of review. It's the volume too. And it's funny now that I'm looking at the reviews, when Bud guilted everybody on this show, because Bud has that power. we, we have like, we got like a spurt of 25 reviews in like four days. Uh, and okay. since then we've gotten three reviews. So the yes. First thing, the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is review us. Cause I know you haven't. And the second thing I'm going to tell you to do is take your significant other's phone and do the same thing. Cause they haven't either. And that's We're a really, easy, okay, that's, a, that's an easy win. All right. Girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, just, just, just grab their phone while they're asleep put their thumb on it to unlock it and just throw a five star rating in the they're never going to know and and since we're not specific well you did you did just say five star rating i was going to say we're not specifically telling them what to review no i am okay fine that's fine wait 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 are we i'm not mobilizing you to get off your ass and give me a three star rating what am i an uber driver with a stinky car no five stars every time <laughs> every time uh, I will stop answering Wisconsin questions if this keeps up. I will I will weed out I will weed out every Wisconsin question from here on out. That's a promise, not a threat. It's a threat too. When do you go home, Bill? Never. Um, Bill's really technically this as week. of now tomorrow morning, but we'll see. Local sports writer goes on week long trip for first time. Really angry about it. It's very funny. Don't expect me to sit back at home don't, and do spreadsheets. Don't pretend like three cancellation missed flights in a week is normal, though. That's that's Here's what I would have done. Here's what I would have done. And don't don't think I wouldn't have, because I've done it. I would have gotten pissed off at one and just rented a car and drove. Done it's, it. a, it's a fifteen hour drive from from Washington, DC to Columbia. I've made that drive. Get you some coffee. Wheeling, Wheeling, West Virginia is lovely to drive through. You know, you go into that little tunnel in the mountain and everything. No, it's pretty uh, ass. I lived in West Virginia. It sucks. Well, I mean, the drive, like, that's still the highlight of the drive because otherwise it's just Penn Turnpike and Ohio and it's Indiana. It's terrifying to drive through that state. I've done that and I've done that overnight. Granted, I was in college. But are we, not, yeah. are we out of college football content this week? Because we didn't solicit and we're not going to do, we're not going to do cues this week. Well, we breaking have like news five in, breaking news in as we as we kneel on the ball to run out the clock on a really weird episode in a month of really weird episodes. Um, our friends at FBSSchedules.com would like to announce that Georgia State and Army have scheduled a three-game football series. That's very peppy. For like the 2030? No, 19, uh, and 22. Oh, okay. uh, you know what sucks for Army? It's a 2-1, two, 2 in Georgia State. Actually, I, I bet they did that on purpose. So they oh. recruited Atlanta. Yeah, recruited. Yeah, they'll tell you recruiting in a heartbeat for that one. I guess. Seems strange. By the way, we did have like a, a college football podcast, uh, a proper college football podcast would have spent a lot of time talking about the NFL Combine today. Uh, we oh, well. did not. 
<laughs> but this is why you I need already to see. Get I, I see as we record the show. I see the as we record the show on Twitter. Someone is being like their their entire economic worth is being knocked down because they like their bench is off or something like. The, like the combine can can get effed. I don't care about the combine at all. It's ridiculous. Yeah, this is where. The combine um, is where you should already know 95% of what you need to know about a player, but you're not quite sure about how fast they are or there's, you, you just want to make sure that they, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like a last little thing. And instead that we treat it like, we don't know anything about the, how do you could possibly translate college to pro? Uh, well, I have ways mm-hmm. uh, you can't possibly. So I got to know how much he benches before I know if he's even possibly any good. No, it's the last thing. Oh, Bill. We yeah. Sorry. We just talked about the combine. We, we just talked about the combine, by the way. We got week zero content. Really? Hawaii and Colorado State has been moved up to Saturday, August 25th of this year. Hell yes. Why is Colorado, I don't know why Colorado State keeps doing this, but I'm, I'm not opposed. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm not opposed sure. at all. I, I enjoy Mike Bobo, and, and I appreciate that that's one time that I will absolutely be able to see his team play, even though I don't think they're going to be very um, good next year. How about that? We, got, we, we have a nice little enjoyable slice of week, uh, week zero. What do we need? Two more games, you think? Um. Yeah. What for week zero content? What, do, do we have a, Do we have an overseas game this year? Here's what we got so far. Oh, we got two games. You ready? <laughs> let's Let's go. All right. This is how we're going to close out the show. This has been punchy. Um, <laughs> Saturday, August 25th. Right now, according to our friends at LSUFootball.net, the greatest uh, scheduling website in the world. Now, FBS schedules is different. Okay, this is more a TV schedule website in the world. Yes. Uh, all times TBA. You have Prairie View at Rice. That counts as FBS. Rice is doing it again. Um, the Hawaii-Colorado State game. A school that I actually cannot pronounce, even though I do this for a living. Is it Duquesne? Duquesne. Duquesne. Yeah, it's du- yeah Duquesne at UMass. That's an FBS game, technically. And then Wyoming at New Mexico State is, is August 25th. Las Cruces. That's crazy. Uh, why New Mexico? So week zero is a thing. Somehow New Mexico State has not contacted personally about uh, covering that game uh, i am offended i expect an invitation uh um, yeah prayer view right i mean they I, i'd like to talk them up a little bit i'm not sure what they have next year they just lost their coach but hawaii colorado state is lovely uh and wyoming against uh the defending arizona bowl champ new mexico state um okay let's just put it this way we could do a lot worse than that we uh we could do a lot better <laughs> well let me tell you what let me let me tell you what is a lot worse, Bill. It's Thursday, August 30th. Northwestern State at A&M. Ball State at home. Minnesota, New Mexico State. Man, New Mexico State's getting yeah, it two, done early. Two games Northwestern week one officially starts. <laughs> two games before the first Saturday. Two games in August. Northwestern at Purdue. UAB hosts Savannah State. UC Davis is at San Jose State. UCF goes to UConn. Oh. Wake is at Tulane. Weber State goes to Utah. Weber, Weber, you'll get you'll get in trouble for that. ESPN, whatever, Dabo. ESPN needs to get off its ASS and plant a Thursday night game fast. Right, it's not too late. It's not too late. That is bad. I'm assuming we will have an ESPN game somewhere in there, but I'm surprised they haven't found it yet. Whew. But this will just test my theory that we don't need good football that first Thursday. We're going to watch anyway. Yeah, I don't like that theory because it just encourages like this. I tell well, you what, here's a, good, here's a good one right off the bat. How about this? It's not even a good game, but it's just something they could build around. Take BYU at Arizona. That's a Saturday, September 1st game. Mm-hmm. And let's, pl- let's, let's drop that down on Thursday night. How about that? Because what they're yeah, going to do is... Uh, Khalil Tate showcase, yeah. 
Yeah, and plus you get the LDS viewership. I'm serious. I'm not. That's not a joke. Like, or how about you? How about Cincinnati at UCLA? How about that? We go with that. Cincinnati. I, I'm sorry. Cincinnati is playing at UCLA. Okay, that's yeah, interesting. Um, any one of those games. Just be, give me a Thursday night anchor. What's South Carolina doing? Why have they abandoned their post? Yeah, seriously, who was South Carolina? Like what I have, have they no doing? Why, why have they? Why have they forsaken us? Coastal. They're hosting Coastal Carolina on Saturday currently. Well, that's why. Um, also, if I was Tennessee, West Virginia, no, wait, you can't do that because it's a destination city game. It's in Charlotte. You can't do that. Um, how about just USC and UNLV? Like, just give me, give me something that's a little bit better. Well, mm. this I, I say my theory is fine as long as it produces good week two and week three content. The hell is Oregon State doing opening at Ohio State? What? Well, I mean, that's a potential Rose Bowl matchup. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, te- technically, not not untrue. Ooh, my vote would be App at Penn State. That would be good. Nice. Ooh, yeah, that'd be fun. Penn that'd State on for us too. <laughs> Penn State on a Thursday night, no less. That'd be fun as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go for it, Bill. Let's end this podcast because we're going to start. I don't know. I'm going to start like talking about bank receipts or something. I don't know. <laughs> Can we go I'm back out. to politics? Can we I'm talk done. about football? No. Now we're now we're done. <laughs> As the sirens go in the Oh my God, please tell me you got the sirens in there. I haven't stopped recording yet. All right, now I'm going to stop recording. Bye, guys.